0: And use promo code PDB at checkout. It's Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Let's get briefed. The Israeli military terminated its biggest Hamas target to date in a high-stakes operation that has sent ripples across the Middle East. Later in the show, we'll examine Chinese President Xi Jinping's unprecedented New Year's Eve disclosure of economic trouble in China, and the startling attack on South Korean opposition leader Lee Jae-myung, who narrowly escaped a life-threatening assault. Finally, in today's Back of the Brief. Border crossings in the month of December break the all-time record, and the saga of Harvard University President Claudine Gay comes to a dramatic and some may say appropriate conclusion. But first up, the PDB Spotlight. Senior Hamas official Salah Aruri, considered the mastermind behind much of the group's activities in the West Bank, was killed on Tuesday evening in an Israeli airstrike. Aruri, Hamas's deputy political leader and co-founder of the al qassam Brigades, had a $5 million bounty on his head from the United States and had been a long-sought target of Israeli intelligence. Aruri was important to both the political and military elements of Hamas, essentially functioning as deputy chairman to Hamas' leader Ismail Hanye, as well as an important underling to the military commander, Mohammed Deif with significant responsibilities as mentioned in the West Bank. He's been responsible for key liaison relationships and meetings with Hezbollah leadership, the Iranian leadership, and the IRGC. So what made this drone strike high stakes? Well, that has more to do with where the target was hit. He wasn't taken out in Gaza or the West Bank, but in Beirut, Lebanon, during a meeting with Hezbollah officials. This strike's location underscores the transnational nature of Hamas's leadership, which operates in numerous countries. Now Hamas has condemned the killing as a, quote, cowardly assassination, which is of course rich coming from Hamas. Although to be fair, the terrorist organization has never been known for its sense of irony. Israel remains silent on its involvement despite noting the operation's, quote, surgical precision. Lebanon's Prime Minister Najib Mikati has decried the attack as a quote, new Israeli crime and is taking the matter to the United Nations Security Council. Now, the United Nations, populated with a not insignificant number of Hamas apologists, will no doubt condemn Israel's actions. Israel appears to be making good on its promise to take out the group's leaders no matter where they're hiding out. Just last month, Israel's top spy agencies, said they're working on plans to hunt down Hamas leaders in Lebanon, Turkey, and Qatar. Now, I don't want to tell Mossad how to do its job, but typically, when planning sensitive operations involving the removal of high-value targets, it's best not to publicize your plans. Defense Minister Yov Gallant declared that Hamas leaders are living on borrowed time and are marked for death. Those efforts to kill Hamas leaders abroad might have something to do with our next story. Turkey's National Intelligence Organization, referred to as MIT, it's Turkey's equivalent to America's CIA, reportedly detained 34 suspects as part of a Turkish operation aimed at disrupting Mossad efforts to target foreign nationals in their country. The suspects were arrested in raids across eight Turkish provinces in what Ankara is calling Operation Mole. With 13 suspects still at large, and discoveries of substantial foreign currency, unregistered firearms, and digital materials, Turkey's message appears to be clear. It will aggressively counter Israel's efforts to target Hamas officials on Turkish soil. Now, this intricate web of intelligence, counterintelligence, and geopolitical maneuvering paints a picture of a region on edge, where secret wars are fought in the shadows, and the consequences resonate loudly on the international stage. Israel has a track record of pursuing relevant terrorist targets, often taking years to identify, locate, and deal with them. Netanyahu and others have made it clear that they will not relent in their pursuit of those responsible for the brutality of 7 October. When we come back, we'll unpack President Xi Jinping's rare acknowledgment of China's economic distress in his New Year's Eve address, and we'll bring you the latest on the knife attack against South Korean opposition leader Lee Jae-myung. I'll be right back. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, once again, Pure Talk is investing in their customers out of their own pocket, without charging an extra penny. Now, you've heard me talk about Pure Talk before, right? How they provide excellent coverage and service with industry-beating rates. And now, I'm happy to announce that Pure Talk is also providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. Look, that's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Bring your phone, and PureTalk's eSIM technology makes switching so simple. Or you can get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch to the cell phone company that I know will provide you with outstanding service and value, Pure Talk. Just go to puretalk.com slash baker, that's B-A-K-E-R, just like you imagined, to start saving today. And when you do, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, visit puretalk.com slash baker to start saving on wireless at home and abroad. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, we made it through winter. Look at that. And spring, well, it's in full bloom, which of course means summer is just around the corner. You see how I figured that out? And that means more time spent outdoors. Not to mention, you got to get into summer shape, huh? Factor can help you spend less time in the kitchen and make sure you're eating well and meeting your wellness goals. Factor's no prep, no mess meals save time and help with getting and keeping you in great shape for summer, thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Seriously, it's going to be beach time soon. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you keep kitchen time to a minimum. plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back. In a rare admission of the economic turmoil plaguing much of China, President Xi Jinping acknowledged in a New Year's Eve speech that businesses across the country are struggling to stay afloat and that jobs are increasingly hard to come by. It marked the first time that Xi has ever mentioned the state of China's economy during his year-end address which he first began giving in 2013. China is contending with a stubborn economic slowdown, driven by low business confidence, rising unemployment, and low consumer demand, according to a report by CNN and others. The situation is becoming hard to ignore, with Xi saying on Sunday, quote, Some enterprises had a tough time. Some people had difficulty finding jobs and meeting basic needs. All these remain at the forefront of my mind. We will consolidate and strengthen the momentum of economic recovery. End quote. Now, the address came in the wake of a report from China's National Bureau of Statistics on Sunday, which showed that in December, factory activity dropped to its lowest level in six months. It was also the third straight month that manufacturing had declined, suggesting that China is deep into an economic contraction. In early December, credit rating agency Moody's revised its view of China's government debt shifting the outlook from stable to negative, suggesting that China could struggle to meet its debt obligations. Now, This news came as a report from the Wall Street Journal revealed that Chinese cities and provinces have racked up considerable amounts of undisclosed debt due to extensive borrowing and spending. The International Monetary Fund, the IMF, and leading financial institutions estimate that this hidden debt could be anywhere between $7 trillion to $11 trillion. I'll repeat that statistic. According to the IMF and others, hidden debt held by Chinese cities and provinces could total anywhere between $7 and $11 trillion. Across 2023, the CCP has struggled with widespread deflation, high youth unemployment, unmanageable local government debt, declining consumer confidence, and a deflating property bubble just to name a few of their problems. Despite these issues, Xi continues to use authoritarian interventions that further undermine China's ability to compete. The CCP has engaged in a regulatory crackdown on private businesses in online commerce in a bid to further state control of the private sector that's wiping out more than $1 trillion in market value and sending investors fleeing for cover. In the latest example of this behavior, on Saturday, the People's Bank of China announced it was removing the top shareholders at Alipay, handing over control of the company founded by Chinese entrepreneur Jack Ma to the CCP. Finally, Xi's provocations on the world stage are doing little to quell the fears of international investors. To that point, in his New Year's Eve address, Xi reiterated his intention to reunify Taiwan with mainland China. She said, quote, China will surely be reunified and all Chinese on both sides of the Taiwan Strait should be bound by a common sense of purpose and share in the glory of the rejuvenation of the Chinese nation." Xi's decision to acknowledge current economic troubles in his speech is very likely an effort to appease or at least pay respect to the concerns of party elders, both serving and retired. During key CCP meetings this year involving senior party elders, she reportedly received some rare and unwelcome criticism centered on his handling of the country's economy. While she was initially reportedly frustrated and miffed, I don't know if miffed has a translated word in Mandarin, at having to face criticism, there's a probability here that he's since decided that he needs to accept and acknowledge the criticism if he's to avoid internal dissent. The biggest threat to Xi's grip on power is the economy. While China is hardly in full-blown decline, its dominant position near the top of the global economic heap is in jeopardy. All right, I want to shift our focus to South Korea, where an assassination attempt on the leading opposition leader has left leaders in Seoul rattled. Lee Jae-myung, the Democrat party leader, was stabbed in the neck by a 66-year-old man on Tuesday morning in the city of Busan. The unidentified man reportedly approached the 59-year-old Lee for an autograph as Lee walked through a crowd of journalists and supporters before rushing and stabbing him with a five-inch blade, according to a New York Times report. The assailant was wrestled to the ground and is currently under investigation for attempted murder. At this time, his motives remain a mystery. Lee was rushed to a hospital in Busan before being airlifted to Seoul National University Hospital. While his condition was not immediately known. A party member said Tuesday evening that Lee was awake and recovering after a two-hour long surgery to repair his jugular vein and remove blood clots. A senior member of the opposition party said, quote, it was a close call because it was not an artery but a vein. Now conservative South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol narrowly defeated Lee in the country's presidential elections in 2022. He remains a controversial figure. And has been investigated by state prosecutors over allegations of corruption. Lee, who was expected to run again in 2027, has accused the current South Korean president of using his power to punish his political opposition. The office of President Yoon said Tuesday that the leader had, quote, deep concern about the brazen attack and would be investigating the situation. The statement said the president emphasized that this form of violence should not be tolerated under any circumstances in our society," end quote. All right, coming up in the back of the brief, we've got two stories for you. America's southern border witnessed its highest rate of illegal migrant encounters last month, shattering previous records. And Harvard University President Claudine Gay calls it quits under a cloud of plagiarism accusations. I'll be right back. Hey, Mike Baker here. Did you know that a recent survey found that seven in 10 parents Get an average of three hours of sleep a night in their baby's first year. I don't know. That sounds like like a lot more sleep than we got during our baby's first year. Mothers, you deserve quality sleep. And here's how you can make that happen. Cozy Earth. Discover the secret to better sleep with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products. And now here's an exclusive Mother's Day. Don't forget Mother's Day is coming up. It's a Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use code PDB for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Cozy Earth bedding products are crafted with temperature-regulating technology. It's adapting to your body's needs through all phases of motherhood. They use only the very best fabrics, materials, and weaves, offering superior softness that invites you to sink into a world of comfort. We use these sheets of the Baker compound, and I am telling you, they are terrific. And Cozy Earth stands by the quality and longevity of its products. Enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all purchases. That's a 10-year warranty built to last through the hardest days and the longest nights of motherhood. Incorporating Cozy Earth products into your self-care routine can enhance sleep quality and overall wellness. This Mother's Day, treat your mom to the luxury, come on, she deserves with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code PDB for 35% off. After placing your order, select Podcast in the survey and then select PDB in the drop-down menu that follows. Mike Baker here. And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, for me, having an appropriate life insurance policy. Well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, I did my searching the old fashioned way lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts. To walk you through the decision making, you can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle. And they've got thousands of five star reviews on Google and TrustPilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. In today's Back of the Brief, we're getting an early preview of the numbers at America's southern border for the month of December, and let's just say they're record-setting. The U.S. southern border witnessed its highest rate of illegal migrant encounters last month, shattering previous records. Sources within Customs and Border Patrol said that migrant encounters soared to a staggering 300,000 incidents in December 2023. This translates to an average of approximately 8,400 apprehensions each day by U.S. border agents. Now, the surge is unprecedented. For the first time ever, migrant encounters have exceeded 300,000, the highest total for a single month on record. To put this in perspective, the previous monthly high in U.S.-Mexico border crossings was nearly 270,000 in September of 2023. The scale of this crisis is immense. To try to put it in context, in the final quarter of 2023, a three-month period, a population comparable to that of the entire state of North Dakota illegally entered through America's southern border. Now the spike in illegal crossings in December was largely driven by an increase in Venezuelan migrants. Border Patrol processed 50,000 Venezuelan migrants who entered the country illegally in December, compared to 23,000 in November. The border situation will be front and center this year, as we've officially entered the U.S. presidential election season. With record numbers of migrants being bused and flown into primarily Democrat sanctuary cities around the country, this is no longer a problem confined and dealt with by the border states. Democrat mayors are attempting to blame the chaos and strain on their resources on Texas Governor Abbott, but the blame, frankly... Rests with the White House and their inability or unwillingness to secure the border. The federal government's job is the protection and security of all its citizens, and that can't be accomplished without a secure border that controls both the flow and the knowledge of who is entering the country. The seriousness of the problem is tacitly being acknowledged by the White House now as the November election looms. They recently sent the Secretary of State and Homeland Security Secretary to meet with Mexico's president, and Democrat mayors, facing serious strain on their resources and potential wrath from their constituents, are meeting in mid-January to discuss the problem. This is a major shift from past behavior when the Democrat Party acted as if the problem was non-existent and a a made-up issue created by border states and the Republican Party. Finally, I wanted to quickly update you on one more story we've been following here on the PDB. And that's the saga of Harvard University President Claudine Gay. Now you may remember that during a congressional hearing early last month, President Gay was one of three elite university presidents who refused to say that calling for the genocide of Jews would violate their school's conduct policy. Claudine Gay's position was that, well, it depended on the context. After her statements, Harvard rejected calls to remove her from her position. Well. President Gay resigned yesterday, not for her comments on Jewish genocide, as odd as that seems, but amidst mounting accusations and examples that she plagiarized a significant portion of her academic work. Of Gay's seventeen published academic works, eight had been found to contain alleged examples of plagiarism, a total of fifty separate incidents. Now in her resignation statement, which by the way, contained no apology for either her inability to condemn the call for Jewish genocide outright, or the plagiarism issues, Gay stated in part, quote, "...this is not a decision I came to easily. Indeed, it has been difficult beyond words." She added, "...luckily, I did find this other person's resignation speech while googling, and I'll I'll just lift a few of their words." Okay, all right, fair enough. That last sentence wasn't hers. But, continuing with her actual letter for public release, President Gay did seem to blame the kerfuffle, in part, on racism. She wrote quote, amidst all of this, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor, two bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am, and frightening to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus, end quote. Oh. so. It wasn't her failure to simply say that calling for Jewish genocide was against Harvard's code of conduct, or her plagiarism that resulted in her resignation. It was somehow, in part, racial animus. And like the Swallows returning to Capistrano, no sooner had she released her resignation letter than that old race baiter himself, Al Sharpton, came out and declared that calls for Claudine Gay's dismissal were an attack on every black woman. It will be interesting to see if any intrepid reporter decides to investigate whether the Harvard corporation knew about gays plagiarism issues and simply covered them up. Having been responsible for selecting her as president, it does appear that they, at a minimum, failed to conduct any meaningful due diligence on the person chosen to run America's most prestigious university, next to old Miss, that is. Hotty toddy. And that, my friends, is the president's daily brief for Wednesday, 3 January. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me at pdb at thefirsttv.com. I'm Mike Baker. I'll be back later today with the PDB Afternoon Bulletin. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool.